You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? This is the 415ers podcast back with you on a Monday potentially an overreaction Monday. It's not a victory Monday because the San Francisco 49ers fell in Denver last night to the Broncos by a final score of 11 to 10. My name is Evan Giddings. That is Mark Grandy. Download, rate, subscribe to the 415ers podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, as always, brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network in cooperation with 95.7 The Game. Mark, Mark, Mark. This was a game... That I, I feel like everyone has a right to feel something, and all of which probably is not going to be the best because you're looking at a game that the 49ers had potentially in their palms for I would say 45 of the 60 minutes, maybe even down to the final couple of minutes, but they could not find a way to win at mile high. And once again, Russell Wilson pulls a rabbit out of his hat and walks to his 18th win in 22 tries against the Niners. It was just an absolutely ridiculous game. Niners dominate for three quarters, three and a half quarters. The the Denver offense, one touchdown drive. It came in the fourth quarter to take a lead. Uh, that was all they needed. Uh, the 49ers were dominant for most of this game, at least the 49ers defense. Um, we've seen this story before. Um, as I was watching the game, I, I was thinking – Back to last year, if you remember that Christmas week game, it was the Thursday night game in Tennessee. Niners dominated in the first half. They absolutely controlled that game from the jump. Led 10-0 at halftime against Tennessee. A couple of of bad Jimmy Garoppolo throws and plays in the second half got the Titans back in the game, and they go on to win that one. Um, I, I even tweeted out around halftime of the game last night, as we're recording this here on Monday morning, this feels like that Tennessee game, a mistake here or there for the 49ers in the second half, and that could be enough for Denver to win. And, and lo and behold, that's what happened. The Niners defense played as good as I've seen them play in recent memory in the last number of years. Um, and, you know, Fred Warner was taking accountability himself, saying we got to get turnovers. We got to get turnovers. You hold an offense to a touchdown. You stop the two-point conversion and one 55-yard field goal. Uh, I'm sorry, you do not need to force turnovers if you're keeping the the, the opposing offense to just nine points. Uh, this loss is squarely on the offense, the lack of third down conversions and all the turnovers uh, that the offense committed. Um, a really tough one to swallow for the 49ers. Any way you slice it, it, it just makes no sense that they that they lost this game. But we've seen this story before. The offense struggles, cannot support the defense. And the Niners lose a game that they should have won. And uh, seems like we're back to square one with this team and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> back to square one. It's, it, it's so funny because that that's, I think, where a lot of people are. I mean, as much as Jimmy Garoppolo after the game last week against Seattle, where he comes in and things look relatively flawless after the game, he's saying it's feeling like 2017 again. And Kyle Zuchek is saying this feels like 49ers football. Well, it did, but it felt like 2021 49ers football. And it felt like (laughs) that playoff run, even down the last couple of games of that season, where 
you're just looking up at the scoreboard, and even though the 49ers won, even though they got to the conference championship, you're kind of sitting there perplexed, questioning how the heck this team, especially the offense, did enough to win the game. And last night, they simply did not do enough to win the game. If I told you that Russell Wilson had nine three-and-outs, less than 130 yards passing, sure, he didn't turn over the ball, but he was inept for a good three-quarters of the game. Up until the final drive, I'm not sure if you could point Russell Wilson out on the field because he did not show up. And the Niners' defense did a big part to make sure that that happened. And that's why I'm not sitting here on Monday apologizing for saying Russ is cooked because he looked like it. He looked like a shell of himself. And the Niners could not capitalize because they looked like the 2021 Niners led by a Garoppolo who, look, I don't know if the, the arm is necessarily affecting him. He said it didn't after the game, but he said it felt like, you know, there were there were kind of those first game, the, the breaking in sort of, territory for you after getting your first full week the arm was feeling fatigued it's not hurt but it looked like a Jimmy G that is not going to be able to move the ball down the field is not going to be even willing to move the ball down the field and Kyle Shanahan didn't even give him the right to try I mean he he just he looked like the other side of the coin Jimmy whereas last week it was heads this week it was tails and it's just so difficult to try and figure out how you give up 11 points as a defense and you do not win the game. Well, nine points as the defense. You got to factor in the safety. That had nothing to do with the defense. That was given away by the offense. And you could even make the case that the defense didn't deserve to give up the 55-yard field goal that Brandon McManus made. There was a holding penalty that Kyle Shanahan declined. If he accepted it, it would have pushed Denver out of field goal range. Perhaps the defense doesn't allow many yards in third and long, and Denver punts instead. Now, those kind of decisions, I'm not really here to second-guess that, but there was an opportunity to give that defense a chance to take three points off the board. Shanahan declined the penalty. He later accepted one in the second half in a similar situation, and it worked out. But anyways, yes, fantastic. The defense was phenomenal. They gave up just nine points in a losing effort. That is rare. You You mentioned... Nine three-and-outs for Denver. San Francisco had just one three-and-out. The Broncos are the only team, only NFL team in the last 30 years to win a game despite having at least eight more three-and-outs than their opponent. Let that sink in. The defense forced nine three-and-outs. The 49er offense had one three-and-out, and the 49ers found a way to loss. You mentioned Russell Wilson. He looked Terrible. You do have to credit him for putting together one really nice drive when his team needed it the most. A couple of really nice throws, one to to Hinton to get that drive going. Uh, a nice back shoulder throw to Cortland Sutton as well, and then it was Melvin Gordon that punched it in uh, from from just a few yards out to take the lead. But the 49ers offense had multiple chances. Then Jimmy Garoppolo throws an ill-advised interception over the middle part of the field into double or triple coverage. The 49ers defense, though, forces a three and out, only take about 24 seconds off the clock. They get the ball back. Garoppolo takes a terrible sack. We have to talk about Trent Williams being out as well. High ankle sprain. We're not really sure how long he's going to be out. At least multiple games, it seems like, probably close to a month, if not more. And then he he dumps it off to Jeff Wilson Jr. on second and really long. 
Wilson gets close to a first down, but the ball is punched out from behind and the game's over. Uh, bottom line, third downs, Niners 1 of 10 did not convert a single third down until that final drive. I guess the the, the second to last drive, and they committed three turnovers. You're not going to win on the road in prime time uh, uh, playing like that on offense. And the fact that it was this close and the fact that 49ers fans feel like the Niners should have won despite the putrid showing from the offense is just a testament to how good this defense is because they looked like the best unit in football, bar none for most of that game. But then the other thing is the offense for the 49ers just could not sustain long drives. You look at the number of plays that were run in this game yesterday, 70 to 52 in favor of Denver, 70 to 52. And the, the time of possession, about 34 to, to 25, uh, the, the defense for the 49ers just got worn down at the end and and you could see it a bit they were still effective they made it tough on denver that final drive that touchdown drive but you just cannot ask a defense to play at an elite level for that long trying to defend 70 plays to your 52 it's just not a recipe for success yeah and the the inability to convert on third down is really where the offense to me stalled and where i think the weaknesses in both jimmy garoppolo as well as the I don't know if it's it's Shanahan not wanting to take chances because we saw something like on the last drive, Jimmy force a ball over the middle and it effectively end the game. We saw him try and get creative at the goal line. Jimmy steps out of the back of the end zone. You lose your offensive tackle. Should have been a pick six. The worst possible, well, I guess the best <laughs> possible thing happened to that situation because you didn't give up seven, but you still end up down to and then that that sort of helped the Broncos get into the game. I don't know if this game, if you can technically say it's it's an inexcusable loss because it is week three, and we'll get into all the crazy things that happen around the rest of the NFL that should hopefully make feel 49ers fans feel better about the loss. But this has all the symptoms of an inexcusable loss. Your offense didn't show up except for the first drive of the game. They went through Denver like hot butter and then could not put anything together the rest of the evening. Meanwhile, your defense is pitching a shutout. And I know Fred Warner after the game came out and said, hey, we got to be better. You know, some of this stuff is on us, essentially trying to take blame off of the platter of Shanahan as well as the rest of the offense and Garoppolo. He's doing what he should, but Fred, you don't have to. You played your ass off last night on Sunday and the defense was fantastic. Penalties. Not necessarily there, but were inopportune, as you mentioned. There, there were there were times where the 49ers had a chance to step on the throat of the Broncos, and they did not do it. So as much as I don't want to come out here and say in week three that the 49ers cannot lose that game because they did, and the Denver Broncos didn't deserve to win that game either, the Niners absolutely did not deserve to win the game, and it felt like something that you can wake up today and feel like, man, we let one get by us. That loss felt inexcusable. It did feel inexcusable, and it felt like a lot of the losses last year. And multiple 49ers, Shanahan and Garoppolo included, were asked, does this kind of feel like last year when the team struggled? What was it? They started 2-4. and four. They got that big win in primetime. I believe it was Monday night at home against the Rams. And there's been some reporting around that game where if the Niners lost that game, 
Shanahan was thinking about making a quarterback change at that point. But of course, the Niners came out and dominated the Rams in that game. They won. It turned their season around. And guess what's on the schedule next week in primetime? The Los Angeles Rams again. So they were asked, does this feel like last year? Because it kind of has, you know, similar storylines. And both Shanahan and Garoppolo and everyone else that was asked was like, no, this is only week three. There's there's plenty of football left. And of course, that's what the team is going to say. I mean, they're not going to say that this feels like, you know, last year where it was almost time to make a quarterback to, uh, change. Yeah, um, well, I, I would hope that they'd feel that way, but that doesn't mean that we can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and to me, I don't know how you feel of them, but to me, this feels like last year. And this, while it is absolutely terrible and it and, and, and it's it's you know a knock on uh, against Kyle Shanahan for his inability to help help his quarterback kind of get going in a game I think it's also vindication for 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 the reason why it's it, it is this game is the reason why Kyle Shanahan made the move that he did to trade up in the 2021 NFL draft and try to find a new quarterback Again, we've talked about this in the past. Whoever it is does not matter. The reason he moved up to pick a quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft was on display last night in Denver. Jimmy Garoppolo, plain and simple, as great of a guy he, as he is, as, as wonderful of a human being, he's simply not a good enough football player. And Kyle Shanahan, maybe he made the wrong pick. Maybe he should have went for a veteran instead of, you know, a lottery ticket like, like the like quarterbacks in the NFL draft are. But we know 100% with certainty, and I think we kind of forgot this over the over the offseason and over the first couple of weeks of this season watching Trey Lance struggle, Jimmy Garoppolo come in and play well against Seattle. Garoppolo is simply not good enough to win at a high level in the NFL. I do not care what his win-loss record as a 49er quarterback says. He's simply not good enough. Is Trey Lance good enough? We don't know, but Garoppolo is not. So in a weird sense, this game last night, vindication, at least for Kyle Shanahan's decision to try to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone says, well, you know, Shanahan fired Garoppolo. Why is Garoppolo okay coming back to the San Francisco 49ers? Well, it's like we talked about last week. Garoppolo is a unique human, and, you know, he's willing to put those things behind him to try to help this team win. But Shanahan was 100% right trying to move on from this guy because we've seen it time and time and time again. 49ers lose games they should not lose because of lackluster play at the quarterback position. And week three in Denver, just another example to add to an already long list. Three times a week, we're coming at you on the 415ers podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. You can find me on social media at eGiddings10, Mark at Mark Grandy, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I, as always on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network in cooperation with 95.7 The Game. Download, rate, and subscribe. We are talking about the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. That is the story of the day. That might be the story of the week. I don't know how long it's going to take for 49ers fans to get over this loss. And it who knows? It may take a miraculous win. It, it, it felt like, and you mentioned it, the game, the Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans, a game where you couldn't figure out how they found a way to lose. And and that's why I led with off the top of this podcast. It felt like 2021 again. For as much as people wanted to say there was, you know, kind of a a, a unique 
feeling in the air, some sort of nirvana from, from the beginning of Jimmy Garoppolo's time in the 49ers. I mean, he just, he looked like a guy that was no longer supposed to be on the team. I mean, the only difference to me from last year to now is the fact that you don't have the shadow of Trey Lance, unfortunately, in the background. So I, I don't expect anywhere in the near future anyone to be throwing the name Brock Purdy around. No, so don't this worry, is what people gonna... already are. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's the thing. You're, well, you're going to be stuck with this quarterback. Unless Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which I guess odds would tell you based on his careers may or may not going to happen. The odds are not necessarily out of his favor. But Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback of this team. There are going to be games like this for the San Francisco 49ers. The question is, how do you bounce back? And I do believe, I think it was actually week nine, Mark, last year when they had the Monday night game against the Rams. They were three and five. I had a chance to go to that game. And it was like jubilation because they stormed back and they, they found a way to, you know, pull up from their backs against the wall when they lost against Colt 45 McCoy the week before at home against Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> oh, and that was that felt like the lowest point. But I hate to break it to you. If this is week three, I don't know if this is going to be the lowest point for the Niners this season because Garoppolo has already shown you that he is who we thought he was. He is the exact same guy from yesteryear. He is the exact same guy from the last couple of seasons. He's going to be good enough to keep you in the game. He's not going to be good enough for you to win the game. The defense entering the fourth quarter of last night's game had given up three points in seven quarters, and they could not pitch the shutout. They could not keep Russell Wilson, the Broncos, out of the end zone, nor should we expect them to, because if you give up, like you mentioned, nine points on defense, you should find a way to win the game. The Niners could not do it, and that's what feels so dissatisfying about today is there was every symptom of a win, and yet you are ending up with a loss, and that that is the thing that hurts the most. Yeah, and then you look at the season from a larger perspective, and you think, all right, well, how can the team bounce back from this? Well, you look at the first three weeks of the season, you're one and two, and this is potentially the easiest three-game stretch of the season when you look just opponent by opponent. I mean, Chicago week one, they're two and one, but probably the most fraudulent two and one team in the NFL so far this year. And then, you know, at home against Seattle, I think you can make the case now that Seattle is the worst team in the NFL. You dominate that game. You win by 20. Okay, congratulations. And then on the road against Denver, who I think a lot of people probably chalked this game up as a loss originally. So maybe there's a slight positive there in that maybe a lot of people didn't have this game as a win originally. You can still bounce back and recover from it. But considering now what Denver has looked like through three weeks, which is by far uh, you know, not nearly as good as anyone was expecting, Considering who you played and who these teams are, who we know them to be now, you should be 3-0 and at this point in the season. You are 1-2. You have the Rams next week, a couple of soft spots on the road at Carolina, at Atlanta, and then things get difficult. Kansas City, the Rams again, a bye, the Chargers, Arizona Cardinals, New Orleans, Miami, Tampa Bay. I mean, things get difficult in the middle part of the season, so you squander perhaps the easiest three-game stretch of your season with a one-and-two record. Now, I know it's a long season. Things can change. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Kyle Shanahan said 
during the post game, you know, after Sunday night in Denver. But my God, you're one and two against these three teams. That does not at all, uh, you know, make any fan confident in what's to come because at the worst, you should be two and one after this three game stretch. You're one and two. You somehow squandered the game in Denver. I mean, it, it's just hard to to come out of this game, despite the fact that the defense had a legendary performance. Legendary. They were so good. Russell Wilson, who obviously is not nearly as good as he once was, looked like he's never been a starting you know caliber quarterback in this league, and you still lose that game. It's it's just mind blowing. Well, I do want to focus in on the quarterback play, and specifically specifically the safety, because there was a lot that happened on that play that potentially is going to affect the quarter, the, the 49ers for, for a while, because look, I, I know Kyle Shanahan and maybe this is, I, I don't know about you, Mark. This was the first time in a while that I can, I can specifically remember and pinpoint him taking bl- blame, not only for the loss and then the ineptitude of his offense, but for a play that he called, saying that he was trying to do too much on the one-yard line. Garoppolo loses his sense of where he is in the end zone, backpedals out. Dan Orlovsky is tweeting, freedom, I am saved, (laughs) and no longer going to be the poster boy for safeties and quarterbacks in the NFL because Jimmy Garoppolo did him a solid last night. But not only that, Trent Williams gets rolled up on. He He suffers a high ankle sprain as reported by Jennifer Lee Chan of NBC Sports Bay Area, is going to, in all likelihood, miss a month, multiple weeks at minimum, that your potentially best offensive player, graded by PFF last year, is going to be now out for multiple games. And then you throw a pick six, which gets called back because you stepped out of bounds. <laughs> like, it was the... I don't know if there has been a, a, a worse play, certainly in 49ers history, but I'm and the first thing that comes to mind is the butt fumble. First thing that comes to mind, maybe even after yesterday, was the butt punt. (laughs) And then Jimmy Garoppolo finds a way to outdo the butt punt in the same day because he runs out of the back of the end zone. I, I I cannot understand what is going on. And yet, at the end of the play, I'm relieved because it should be six points, and yet it's only two. And the Niners... Like, and the Niners end up being up seven to five. I felt like I was watching a baseball game with just like, I could not, it didn't compute as to what happened. I had to watch the play multiple times just to figure out, okay, number one, what was the worst thing that happened? It was probably Trent Williams going down. Number two, what was the worst thing that happened? Probably Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a pick six. And then the least worst thing on that play is him stepping out of bounds and giving the other team two points in the ball in the ball back. Yeah, I think uh, Chris Collinsworth said it on the NBC broadcast last night. He said, I don't think I've ever seen a safety be a break for the team committing the safety. That's how weird that play was. And, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit, kind of danced around the subject. And I know a lot of people have talked about this, how Kyle Shanahan and, and Jimmy Garoppolo, specifically, I think Garoppolo towards Jimmy, and he's well within his right to do this has kind of, you know, shown maybe some cracks in that relationship. I mean, you think back to last week where, you know, I guess after the the Seattle game where he was like, this feels like 2017. We 
we kind of you know threw the ball around and it felt really good we don't do that often here but it was fun to do that once again he doubled down on that during the week last week saying he he enjoys having some more of that freedom how the play calling has kind of changed when he was a first year starter versus now and then filling in for the injured Trey Lance last week Kyle Shanahan you know kind of got into a to a, a back and forth with members of the media when asked about Jimmy Garoppolo's answer. And then last night when asked about that play call that resulted in the safety, it was a second and 10 from the two yard line. Garoppolo said, yeah, well, it was a long developing play. I'm just running what was called. It was quote, a tough situation. And, you know, to be fair, Shanahan did take the blame for that said, yeah, I put him in a bad spot. That one's on me, but but still, you don't normally hear the team's starting quarterback come out and say, uh, I mean, I, I was put in a bad situation. Like, reading between the, the lines there, why would you call a long-developing play from your own two-yard line? Uh, maybe I'm reading a bit too far into it, Evan, but it does kind of seem like there are some cracks developing in this relationship between Shanahan and Garoppolo. Now, maybe it's fair for both because certainly – Garoppolo can feel upset the way that Kyle Shanahan has handled this whole thing, not even necessarily the play calling, but just the way that that Shanahan basically fired Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, you know, once the offseason came towards an end, was like, no, please come back. But if you're Shanahan, I mean, the way that you saw him play, I mean, there was this moment in the first half, Evan, uh, I, I, I think it was the first quarter early on in the game when Debo Samuel just ran a go route down the right sideline and there was some miscommunication between the Denver secondary and Debo was 10 yards beyond anyone else. And that was Garoppolo's first read. He looked to the right, saw him and maybe didn't trust his arm. Didn't, you know, doesn't have his arm strength fully back yet. Whatever the case is, did not make the throw instead through to the left sideline, I believe uh, towards Ayuk. It was, it was well covered by Pat Sertan and it was broken up. And, and the camera then flipped to Kyle Shanahan on the sideline, and he didn't say anything, but you could just tell based on the the expression on his face how upset he was that Jimmy Garoppolo either didn't see it, although it looked like he saw Debo wide open, but at least didn't even try to make the throw. There was another moment later on in the game where he did make the throw to a wide open Debo Samuel. They completed the pass, but came nowhere near hitting Debo in stride. If he does, it's a walk-in touchdown for Debo. Instead, it's a decent gain, but he's tackled as he makes the catch. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind Kyle Shanahan has a reason to be frustrated with Jimmy Garoppolo, but Garoppolo also has a reason to be frustrated with Kyle Shanahan. But it's rare, I think, you see kind of those frustrations play themselves out in front of the media. Yeah, and that is a relationship that everyone will have their eyes on as we move forward in this season, specifically because the 49ers may end up be parting with Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of this year, just like we thought that they were going to part with him at the end of last season, and then he makes his way back. I think Jimmy has reason to be frustrated with Shanahan going all the way back to March at the end of last year. Shanahan has his own reasons to be frustrated with Garoppolo as far as his play. But in a way, Jimmy G has also bailed Shanahan out just by being on this roster because if he's not on the team, it would have been Brock Purdy last night, and we do not know how that would have went. Might have looked better, 
might have looked worse. I don't think people I don't think fans can can figure out how it would have looked worse. But the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is this, and, and I'm glad you brought up the miss pass, the one that he did hit. There seems to be, and it keeps going back to what we know about Jimmy Garoppolo. When he is your quarterback, there is less room for error potentially than any other quarterback situation in football, especially when you consider the offensive line that you have when when Trent Williams was in the game, the running game that you are expected to have, which was largely ineffective against, I think, a pretty good Denver front. But then your weapons outside, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle did return to this game. This was the first game that he played this season was largely ineffective, especially in the passing game. And who knows, especially when Trent Williams goes down, maybe Kittle becomes effectively your next tackle. Like he's your next man up and you got to use him to block. But for the position that the 49ers were coming into this season with a slew of weapons that were reported to, you know, potentially be one of the group, one of the, uh, the conference's best, one of the league's best, they weren't able to get much separation. And then the few times that Shanahan was able to create a position for them to succeed, they didn't get it done, and or Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't hit them. There is less room for error with this offense, potentially than ever before, despite them having a defense that rivals that of 2019, at least on paper. Right now, they are 28th in points. They are third in defense. Likely, they both will come back and regress to a mean somewhere in the middle, but for right now, it is not adding up for the Niners as far as an equation to win football games consistently, and that's what people, I think, are most concerned about. I want to remind everyone, of course, to download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast, the 415ers podcast, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. And, yeah, feel free to tweet at us. Let us know how what you thought about the game. Leave comments. Let us know what you thought about the performance because right now I think we're just trying to to wrestle with the fact that this is what 49ers football is going to look like moving forward. And as much as we know that it got you to the conference championship last year, there are a lot of people skeptical of that result. And I think there are even more skeptics now. Well, I think you bring up a good point there, Evan, because this is why I – and I, I don't know. I know, I know that the Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo discussion, you know, maybe it's overblown and and it's it's too much at this point. I mean, Trey Lance is hurt, but this game, I think, is a perfect reason why 49er fans, you know, and certain media members, and I think myself, I fall in this group, was the preference for me last year considering everything that we know about Jimmy Garoppolo as an NFL quarterback. And I know they made the NFC championship game. I know they were one dropped interception away from playing in the Super Bowl and who knows, maybe winning the Super Bowl. I think this game is a great example why last year, whether or not you thought he was ready, Trey Lance needed to play more because now the 49ers are in a really, really strange spot. Your, your future quarterback, your franchise quarterback is hurt and will likely go into his third year in the NFL with four starts under his belt. For all intents and purposes, essentially a rookie entering his third year in the league. You're currently playing with 
a quarterback in his second lame duck year now who everyone across the league now is convinced is not good enough to win you a Super Bowl, to, to win you a few playoff games. I mean, say all you want about last year. Jimmy Garoppolo was not the first, second, or third you know, best reason the Niners beat the Cowboys and beat the Packers on the road last year in the playoffs. It, I'm sorry, but it was simply not the case. You're entering now. You're going to be entering Trey Lance's third year, knowing nothing about him, and you have a year in this year that is, relatively speaking, going to be wasted. I, I, it's early. Maybe I'm overreacting, but you have a, a team around him. This defense is phenomenal. This offense has the, the the skill weapons. They have the talent. I mean, Trent Williams, we hope he, he recovers and, and gets better soon, but Trent Williams is arguably the best player in football, at least on the offensive side of the ball. George Kittle, a top three tight end in the league. Debo Samuel, the most unique weapon in football. Brandon Ayuk is really good offensively, and he was a disappearing act after the first quarter in this game, mostly because of you know Jimmy Garoppolo's inability to, to get the ball down the field towards him. Uh, the offensive line, aside from Trent Williams, has looked relatively good, and, and things kind of fell apart once Trent Williams went down, but... Aaron Banks has been pretty good so far this year in his first real action as a starter. Uh, Burford, there's been some growing pains, but he's looked decent as well. I mean, there's no reason this should not be, at worst, a middle-of-the-pack offense in the NFL, and it's still early. As you said, things will probably regress back to the mean somewhere in the middle. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the 49ers do moving forward because this year seems – like it's going to be an uphill battle to make the playoffs, to to win a playoff game, and then you're entering essentially your your young quarterback's rookie season with a team that's still ready to compete and has some aging veterans on it. Uh, it's just a disaster for Kyle Shanahan, and it's why I think you know last year maybe you you you, you should have. Bench Jimmy Garoppolo and try to see more from Trey Lance. I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. It's just week three, but you just look forward, Evan, and, and it's tough to see a path back to relevancy and contention just considering the situation they find themselves in. Look, Sunday night game means it's a quick turnaround. We didn't get a lot of sleep last night. There's a <laughs> lot to overreact to. There's a lot to be angry about. Are you telling me I'm overreacting? Well, isn't it an overreaction Monday? This is what we do. That's fair. But and but this this leads me to my next question, Mark. Where is their solace? I mean, where is there some sort of sunshine on the opposite side of a dark and cloudy San Francisco morning? Like, if I was a Buddhist, I'd tell you life is suffering and we're all going to be fine anyways. <laughs> but that's not the way that this works. And right now... There are far more things to be, I mean, whether you want to call it angry, you know, pessimistic, um, there are far more reasons for you to feel that than to feel like, oh, you know what, tough loss last night, 49ers defense played fantastic, you know, the offense just wasn't quite there when it needed to be, Denver found a way to win, credit to them, tip the cap, no, we don't want to tip our cap to Denver, it doesn't, no, they didn't deserve to win that game, now maybe the Niners didn't either, but that's why last night's rock fight 
was maybe even more discouraging. And I think why you do have a right to feel like you're overreacting or, or have the right to overreact because, and, and just quickly want to list the other injury that was impactful last night. Aziz Al-Shair also goes down with a, a sustained uh, MCL sprain during the game. So he is potentially going to be out for an extended period of time. Trent Williams, of course, with a high ankle sprain is going to miss multiple weeks at the minimum. And so you lose maybe your best offensive player. You lose an impactful defensive player. You lose the game by one point, despite giving up nine points on defense. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like the quarterback of old and is old. Kyle Shanahan, he just like the play calling continues to confound fans in certain situations. And maybe it's because he doesn't feel like he has a guy under center that can execute those plays and a play like you mentioned earlier, where he doesn't hit Debo Samuel on a wide open potential touchdown play sort of shrinks him up as a play caller because he wants to simplify things for Garoppolo in order to make sure that he doesn't make the mistake of fumbling under center, that he doesn't make the mistake of throwing an interception with two minutes left over the middle that effectively ends the game, that he doesn't make the mistake of walking out of the back of the end zone. There are men that are, there are reasons that Kyle Shanahan, I think is operating the way that he does as well as why Jimmy Garoppolo, you could say is not being allowed to, you know, try and play like it's 2017 again, but this team just feels like it's, it's beginning to teeter and next week's game against the Rams at least needs to be a place where you get back on track because if not, there is a potential. As you mentioned, this is a team right now that looking on paper has gone through its three potentially easiest games of the season, and they're one and two. People are going to be breathing down the neck of this organization, of the front office, of the coaching staff, asking for results and asking for wins if they do not figure this thing out quickly, despite it being week three. So as much as I understand people saying it's still early, there's lots of time. Look at what happened last year. You were three and five. You went to the conference championship. That also is a situation where your luck could run out. And that's what people are afraid of. Yeah. And it's super easy to just say, well, they made the conference championship last year. You know, it's early. They can still get to that spot. They were also, a gigantic comeback away. If, if that comeback did not happen the last week of the regular season, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. So, I mean, there is a very fine line between making the playoffs, winning a couple of playoff games that were kind of flip of the coin games. You could have lost either of them going to the conference championship game and not even making the playoffs. If this team did not make the playoffs last year, it would be an entirely different conversation right now. I think the, you know, the people calling, you know, for, for Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat, you know, they'd have kind of more credence to those, you know, discussions right now if the team missed the playoffs last year. And that just kind of tells you, I think, how fickle this conversation is because that's literally a play away from coming true last season. Um, but in terms of a positive, Evan, uh, I have one for you. Mitch Wisnowski, how about oh, him boy. in the punt game last night? Seven punts along of 74 yards three of them inside the 20 and I actually have a wild stat for you when you include Wisnowski and Denver's Corliss Waitman the Denver punter they combine <laughs> they combine to place three punts inside the five yard line on Sunday night football that's tied for the most in a primetime NFL game over the last 20 seasons Evan that is the kind of game it was last year uh, and unfortunately uh 
we might be headed for more like that for the 49ers this season. I mean, I don't know about you, but the thing that I was most concerned about towards the end of that game, once I realized it was going to be kind of a weird score, it was checking Scorigami on Twitter. I don't, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of that account. I believe there's one other game that was 11 yeah, to 10. Unfortunately, 11 to 10 has happened before. It happened once on November 16th, 2008. So no Scorigami on Sunday night football last night, but it was close. It was looking like it might happen. That's what happens when you have a safety, some field goals, a two-point conversion that fails, uh, but unfortunately no Scorigami. I think a lot of you know NFL fans, 49er fans, myself, uh, invested in whether or not Scorigami was going to happen. Um, that just kind of shows you what kind of game it was last night and, and how difficult it is to try to find positives. Aside from the fact, as you mentioned, it's early and the defense was phenomenal. I mean, Beyond that, it's 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 really hard to to find something where Niner fans can actually feel good about themselves after this game. Yeah, I do think it's hard to feel good about the individual game itself. I mean, if you're watching the rest of the games throughout the day, I do think there is one bright spot in the fact that it being week three, looking around the league, there were a lot of funky games. I mean, you're just looking at the, the 10 a.m. slate. The Colts find a way to beat the Chiefs, who many people are, you know, kind of penciling in as the cream of the crop along with Buffalo, who also lost. The Bills, by the way, punted one time in that game, and yet with 19 points to show for it, lost to a tongue of Iloa and the three and O Miami Dolphins. Who would have guessed? Also, hey, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel, maybe he is the offensive genius all along, huh? I, I I've heard a lot of people saying that as well. <laughs> And I, I think the jury's still out on that. Uh, I am a fan of Mike McDaniel. I do not know if I'm willing to give him credit for everything that's happened now in the last couple of years offensively for the 49ers, as some people have theorized. Uh, but he is certainly off to a good start in Miami and looks to have the makings of a great head coaching career ahead of him. Also, the Jacksonville Jaguars went into L.A. and absolutely destroyed the Los Angeles Chargers. Many people's dark horse pick for the Super Bowl, uh, one of which in this podcast. And yeah. I'm looking at the Green Bay Packers, who looked like they were going to run away with another game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady doesn't show up. He looks like a 45-year-old. They lose 14-12. to 12. And then, of course, this 11-10 game later. I mean, there were a lot of very strange games yesterday. And so... As much as it hurts that the Niners were the last one, and on prime time, that's going to be the final thought in everyone's memory as capping off week three in the NFL with you know, a, a quintessential, I think now people are saying, Jimmy Garoppolo game. But you know, th there was a lot of strange things that happened. So that, that's kind of the only thing that I can say is like, well, at least you weren't the only team that looked, you know, non-credible yesterday there were some other groups that also looked like they had you know terrible games and did not look like themselves and so maybe the 49ers this was just a fluke and they can come back but of course we don't have enough of a sample size yet to judge this individual team off of we're just going off of what we've seen the first three weeks and the first three weeks do not point in a necessarily positive direction yeah and i i would say i think kind of to add on to that i think the niners performance kind of stands out as being a little more, I don't know, inept. I mean, some of those other games, strange, yes, but you can kind of understand. I mean, the Bills absolutely dominated that game. I mean, they outgained the the Dolphins. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they outgained them by 
like 200 yards in that game and, and they found a way to lose. So, I mean, they were, I think, relatively clearly the better team in that game. And maybe that makes it worse. You found a way to lose despite, you know, dominating in the box score. The, the Chargers-Jaguars game is weird. I mean, Justin Herbert, the, the rib cartilage injury, I'm not sure why he was out there and I'm not sure why he was out there in, in, in the fourth quarter when the game was already decided. That was strange to me. Um, the Green Bay, the Green Bay Buccaneers game is is a weird one because of you know just how, how much of a of a rock fight it was. Um, but for San Francisco, I mean, just the self inflicted wounds, the safety, the, the 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 fumbled snap, which isn't all on Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that that's a, a two person issue. The center Jake Brendel and Jimmy Garoppolo, that's on both of them. Um, and then I mean Garoppolo through the interception late in that fourth quarter, he had a number of other turnover worthy throws. I mean, the one third down conversion, which came late in the fourth quarter, they were one of 10, their one conversion late in the fourth quarter on a, on an out route to Juwan Jennings on the left sideline. It ended up being a, a relatively perfect pass, but in a really tight window, that's, you know, a foot away from maybe being a pick six, credit Jimmy for, for, you know, trusting his arm and making that throw, but let's not pretend like, that was close or, or not close to, to being another interception as well. I mean, I think the Niners game, they looked particularly inept. So I'm not sure I'd put on the same level as some of those other ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It was a weird week. It's been a weird three weeks so far in the NFL. And I mean, I don't know if you're in a, a survivor pool, Evan, uh, but if you are and you're still alive, great work because I think the top two choices this week uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers uh, both lost, obviously. Um, and I, I was on uh, the Bengals this week, so I skated by. I'm with you. I'm still alive with, the, with those Bengals, too. So uh, we're in good spots, at least with that. But I, I can understand why there are not many people, uh, many of our listeners that are still alive, because it has been a strange NFL season so far, and the Niners are certainly contributing to that. Yeah, and to quickly recap the Niners three weeks, who might be the most interesting team in football, you have a loss in your first game in a monsoon to a team that people projected to be potentially the worst team in the NFL. You lose your starting quarterback in week two, and then people feel like you got better at the position. Week three, we all come back down to earth and remember who Jimmy Garoppolo is, was, and will continue to be. And the Fort Niners lose despite giving up nine points defensively to the Denver Broncos. And we're back to square one, it feels like. We don't know yeah. who this team is. You lose your starting offensive tackle, your left tackle. You lose a linebacker. You're already down a couple guys in the running game. You bring back your stud tight end who doesn't really show up. You don't know what's going on with your high-paid wide receiver on the outside and Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk, who's supposed to have a breakout season, is on pace for 500 yards. I mean, we do not know what's going to happen with the 49ers. And as much as that is a place where typically you would feel, I don't know, maybe maybe excited about what's to come, there's a lot of people feeling more pessimistic, Mark. Really quickly, I know we got to wrap up here in a minute, Evan. Um, you mentioned the Niners, like the, the most interesting team in the NFL so far this year. And I would say to this point, that's true. And maybe that continues. But unfortunately, with the way things are trending, the, the Trey Lance injury, Jimmy Garoppolo's poor play, I think this team is kind of trending away from interesting and more just kind of into the boring category. I mean, I don't know how you felt watching the game last night and, you know, kind of what you're expecting the rest of the season to be, but I'm expecting this team, the offense to 
to stay relatively, you know, vanilla and 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 boring with a quarterback that the 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 head coach doesn't trust to to throw the ball down the field that maybe simply can't. We talked about his his misses to Debo Samuel down the field, not even seeing him and throwing the ball deep. I mean, this team is, in my opinion, I don't know about you, is kind of trending away from that from that interesting area and more in just kind of a a boring area. I mean, that's what Twitter was talking about all of last night. Like, oh my God, this game is incredibly difficult to watch. And uh, maybe that's a topic for a future episode, Evan, but it does seem like the team is kind of moving away from that must see interesting watch and more and just kind of, eh, I I don't know what to do with this team. I think that's an excellent tease for the Wednesday's episode, Mark. I think that's a fantastic place to start as that wraps up your Monday edition overreaction Monday Lost Monday, lost Monday, pardon me. The 49ers lose to the Denver Broncos 11 to 10, as that will conclude this day's episode here on the 415ers podcast. My name is Evan Giddings. That is Mark Grandy coming at you three times a week, as always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you sticking with us for the 45 minutes here today as we wrap up a tough loss for the Niners. And we will talk to you next time. And in the meantime, Try and find a positive. We'll be looking for one as well. And uh, appreciate you all tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.